I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back. Marty Carpenter sitting in for Boyd Matheson today, and this week we have uh, Rail Safety Week, and we got a lot of rail in this state. We got the Front Runner, we've got the uh, we, we've got uh, Light Rail, and uh, joined now by Carl Arkey, who is with the UTA. And Carl, first of all, thanks for taking some time to join us. Oh, my pleasure, Marty. Thanks for having me. All right, Rail Safety Week. To me, it's uh, remarkable that we need to remind people to not uh, challenge a train, but it is something that we continually have to remind people is not a good idea. So what's the focus on Rail Safety Week? It's ongoing education for people, and we do it annually, and we do this with our partners, and it's something that uh, we feel is very, very important, and so does the Utah Department of Transportation, as well as the Utah State Office of Education, Trucking Association, Highway Patrol. They're all of our partners in this campaign, and it's just to remind people and to bring this up again, because the temptation is always there, Marty. People are in a hurry. They're in their cars. They're trying to get somewhere, and they think, many times they just think that they can get across the tracks uh, ahead of the train. And uh, that's not sound thinking. Um, it's a risk that's not worth taking uh, because if you lose that risk, you could very well lose your life or uh, cost the lives of people who might be in the vehicle with you. Yeah, Carl, I remember, uh, and I hope I have this correct, I remember when the front runner first went into operation that there were some advertisements or public service announcements that said, you know, a front runner train hitting your car is essentially the equivalent of your car hitting an empty soda can as far as the force. And, and there's no way, we all know that a soda can's not going to win that battle. So it's just, no. it's amazing to think that someone would say, hey, it's worth this risk. But we're in a hurry, and that we're, we're a fast-moving society, and we want to get somewhere, and everybody feels as though they have to get somewhere. And, you know, every, and there's the temptation to think that you can get there, that you can beat the train across the tracks. You don't have to pay attention to the flashing red lights, um, that you can turn left here, you can drive distract. All these things that are out there, uh, and we need to, to address those things. We need to be aware of those things. We need, need to remind people of those things. And if they haven't been in an encounter with a train, there's no, there's, we can tell them this, but, you know, unfortunately, uh, it doesn't really register. And we don't want it to register. That's the point. We don't want it to get to that point because it is like the, the, uh, the can that you were just talking about there. You will not win in, a, in an accident or an incident with a train. And trains take a long time to stop. They're big, they're massive, they weigh a lot, and it takes, you know, if they're going at top speed, it could take them more than a mile to finally slow down and come to a complete stop. And by then, 
it's too late for you. So we would just rather really avoid that situation altogether, have people slow down, observe the warning signs, the flashing red lights, the bells that are ringing, the crossing gates that have come come down. Try, don't try to go around those gates. Uh, don't try to go across the train tracks when you know a train is coming. Don't stop on the tracks. Just simple common sense things like that. And, uh, you know, we'll get people where they're going uh, safe and sound. It's important to know that trains always declare their path, right? Like if the train stays on the tracks, then it's not the train's fault, right? Not that we're worried right. about fault so much, but you got to understand that, you know, the train pretty much tells you where it's going to go and you just need to stay out of its way when it tells you it's coming. You know, Carl, I've been uh, the amateur uh, driving instructor uh, once now in my life, I've had one teenager go through uh-huh. the licensing process. And one thing I always hit home because there's a set of tracks not too far from our house is not only do you have to stop and wait for the train, don't ever be, don't ever be crazy enough to go try to, to try to race the train. But when those crossbars go up, you actually aren't legally supposed to go until the lights stop flashing because there might be Thank a train coming so the other direction, right? Thank you so much. And that's a point I made to a reporter this morning. And it's something that most people are not aware of. And I'm glad you are, Marty, because there might be a train going the other direction. And so, you know, I've had a lot of people honk at me because I don't move once the crossing gate goes up. I wait till those lights stop flashing. And you're supposed to wait till the lights stop flashing. If we can get more people to do that, uh, it'll be a sign that more people are aware of this and and are paying attention and are being safe. And that's what we really want to do is just make people aware, make them safe whenever around they're around railroad crossings and railroad tracks. It's one of those things that if you think as an adult, I, I'm I'm impervious to uh, peer pressure, just try to be the guy at the front <laughs> who waits for the lights to stop flashing because you will hear about it, and it takes some real intestinal fortitude, right, to say, nope, my gut says I'm going to stay here until those lights are done flashing. It's a, it's a real I test for take- you. I actually take some pleasure out of sitting there and letting them honk at me <laughs> because I know I'm, I'm doing the right thing. And, and it's actually for their benefit as well. And they're not going to go across before they should. Yeah. Carl, what can you tell me about the the number of accidents that we have related to trains? Obviously, when they happen, it seems like they make the news. So we generally do hear about yes. them. But, but it seems like, thankfully, they're relatively infrequent in our state. Well, they are, and they, well, but there's enough of them, Marty, that, that it, it, it's cause for concern. And, you know, if you look across the country, there's an incident between a car and a train or, say, a pedestrian or a bicyclist and a train almost every three hours somewhere in the United States. And, that, you know, you look at Utah, and uh, I appreciate you mentioning tracks and front runner, and there, are, there is a lot of track that's been laid uh, here along the Wasatch Front. But there's also a lot of train uh, rails that are throughout the state, and there are crossings out there, and a lot of those are not protected. So we need people to be aware of those and be careful as they go across those because it could be a Union Pacific train that's coming or some other freight company that's coming. So trains and and, and uh, there's incidents that happen about every three hours somewhere in the United States. And so it's not uh, it's not necessarily common, but it's not uncommon either. And it's something that when it does happen, it usually has really tragic consequences. And so it's enough that, you know, we want to we want to uh, make people aware of that here. And it's also something that's being discussed. It's Rail Safety Week, not just in Utah, but throughout the United States. Yeah. And the other thing I would mention, Carl, is just even if 
even if you want to disregard all that information, you have to remember there is a human being driving the train and the trains don't stop fast. But in those instances, those unfortunate situations where a train does collide with a car, that makes a real impact mentally uh, and emotionally on on the conductor of the train. And so, you know, it's just one more reason to add to the list to be extra careful around there because, um, you know, it's not just the person, not just the people in the car uh, who that impacts. It really can, can have a, a big impact on the conductor. I appreciate you bringing that up because they are real people and it does impact them and it does have long lasting uh, impact on them and something that they're going to have to deal with the rest of their lives. Yeah. Uh, Carl, for anybody who wants to make sure they drive this message home to their young drivers or just get some more information on it, is there somewhere we can go or send people to to learn more about it? You can go to rideuta.com, R-I-D-E-U-T-A.com, and forward slash events. And there's a lot of information about events that are going to be going on this week, as well as rail safety. Well, thanks, Carl. We appreciate your time today, and uh, thanks for all the good work that UTA does getting people moved safely around the state, and uh, we'll encourage all of our listeners to make sure you take that extra time to be careful. Uh, You will be fine if you wait the extra 30 seconds for the train, and uh, so we appreciate you coming on and and all the good work that you do. Likewise, Marty, to you and, and to KSL and all the folks out there, and everybody be careful. All right. Carl Arkey from UTA joining us to talk about Rail Safety Week. And, boy, I just can't drive that home hard enough. you got to be real careful around those trains because they are big and they do not stop quickly. Uh, that brings us pretty much to the end of our time together this afternoon. I uh, want to thank Boyd Matheson for taking a day off and for inviting me to sit in and uh, have a good conversation with you all for the last two hours. It is a fast-paced world. There is a lot going on. There are big, important issues, and they are important to discuss. And my parting request, I think, would be to read carefully what you consume in the media, think about it, understand it, and be really compassionate about people who have differing points of view. Take the time to listen and understand what uh, where they're coming from, and we'll all be better off. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story, the struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.